0: Well, this is the first. Inspecting every corner of the ship finally tied her out. Ah, she's curious. I'll give her that. Hunter, she's a child. What are we gonna do with her?
1: Greetings, bucketheads! Mavartigar, welcome to the 53rd ship boot-busting episode of Mando Vision. Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking out this small independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is via social media at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. Please give us a follow, do all that liking, clicking you know those little hearts, and all that good stuff. You can email the show at TomCast... Um, oh, boy. You can email the show at tom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, and if possible, or so inclined, and listening on Apple Podcasts. Please give us those sweet, sweet, sweet five-some reviews. They help us defeat the tyrannical algorithm that holds us down and, and is much like the Empire in that regard. Uh, those reviews really go a long way. They help small, independent podcasts like us to, to stand out and not get lost in the shuffle of all the other amazing podcasts that are out there in the world. But we think we do a pretty good job here, so we want to stand out and, and spread the word of what we're doing over here on MandoVision. Well, it's here. I mean, it, we, we, we just we just talked about the debut episode of, of The Bad Batch, and now we're back just a few days later to talk about Episode 2. And, yeah, there's a lot to kind of get into in this one. Uh, uh, it. It's an episode, listen, I'm going to save a lot of my main observations for the end of the show, uh, where I can kind of get down into these things a little bit in in more depth and detail, but uh, a lot of stuff comes up in this episode uh, that I definitely think is worth exploring and and, and noting further into the show, so let's get into it, let's go ahead and, and do the most important step for this podcast, which is strap on your buckets, let's go.
0: What is this?
1: That would be dirt. Let's get into it. Season 1, Episode 2 of The Bad Batch. This is Cut and Run. Its original air date today, May 7th, 2021. The plot of this episode, The Bad Batch, Visit an Old Contact. Directed by Stuart Lee. Written by Gersimaran Sandu. I hope I said your name correctly. With a uh, Matt Mensch Uh-oh. My, my penmanship is not good on this. Mishnovitz as a story editor. Matt Mishnovitz as story editor. Our main cast, once again, D. Bradley Baker doing all the heavy lifting in this. Michelle Ang as Omega. Kara uh, Pivko as Sue. That's our that's, that's the main one we'll go with today. Again, D. Bradley Baker doing so much heavy lifting on the, on this episode, it's out of bounds how much work he's doing on here. All right, this is an episode... I mean, we're basically picking up where we left off with with the team. Uh, you know, escaping from Camino after after a uh, cross crosshair goes off goes after them and and uh you know this episode slows the pace down a little bit you know after that 70 minute action-packed episode uh uh, and 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 kind of allows our team to kind of collect themselves and figure out what their next move is going to be you know as as was hinted at at the end of the first episode they go to an old contact of theirs on j19 which i guess j19 and we learn is a. Seleucami, a planet that we've been to many times over the course of the Clone Wars, uh, several uh, epic main, mainstream battles have taken place on, on that planet, and uh, it, is, it is the home of Cut, a, a, a deserter clone who we originally met in Season 2 of the Clone Wars. If you're listening to our rewatch episodes of Star Wars The Clone Wars, uh, that episode will be coming up actually fairly soon. Uh, and I was, you know, earlier in the week I was doing a look ahead on my episode uh, chart, and I just happened to notice that one. I was like, "Oh yeah, I remember that one. I uh, that'll be an interesting one to revisit." And then of course today, this new episode drops and cuts in, and I was like, "Oh well, there you go. All right. So kind of more motivation to to, to touch base back with that episode." Um, so our, our team lands on on Salucami and and uh, it's Omega's first experience um, with. A, a different planet, a different environment than Camino. you know Camino's a very very much in a, a planet where you want to be in the interior. you want to be inside a lot. Uh, you know the weather, lots of storms, oceans you're on big platforms. So she probably has not been out very much. So she's on a planet with with land and a, sun, a bright orange sun in the sky and and it's it's very nice, very interesting to watch her first uh, interaction with, with that kind of environment. And, and sort of like the, the, the joy she takes at discovering all the new things. You know, and in the opening clip we played from the beginning of the show, they talk about how she wore herself out covering every nook and cranny of the ship. And that was just going from, from Camino to, to Slukume. And, and, and so you know, we know she's curious. We find that out very, very early on. And that is, is what we see a lot of as a journey from their ship's landing spot to Cut's house here on the planet. Um... I really liked, I really liked that part about the character, like the, her sort of uh, um, just unabashed fascination with everything and her, her high level of interest in in everything that's going on. Uh, on the trek, I didn't. I also noted that there was there's an interesting conversation uh, when Echo hears that they're going to go meet up with a deserter, and and uh, text responses. Well, we're all deserters now. So I thought that was a really interesting uh, perspective that they seem to have of their their current environment of of what's going on here. Uh, you know, we haven't had a chance to dive too deeply into all the different characters in the Bad Batch, all the different members of the team, and the, and their sort of thought process on you know what's happened to the galaxy at large, going from the Republic to the Empire, the turning on of uh, turning on. Turning against, excuse me, the turning against the Jedi, their Jedi generals, at the end of the Clone Wars, and and what it means for the galaxy moving forward. Um, and so I'm, I'm hoping we'll get into some of that, those details later on. Like, is this is is this really what the members want to be doing? Obviously, like like Crosshairs is is the, is the exception. Like he is very much against what Hunter and the rest are doing. But we haven't really heard much about what Wrecker and Tech want. They sort of just seem to be following along at the moment. Probably because they, they see Hunter as like sort of the moral compass of the team, and so they gravitate towards his decisions. And his decisions in the past have been, uh, you know, I, I assume they trust him fairly well since they're all still alive, and it's probably due to his, his leadership, right? So we get to the house with Cut and Sue and, and their family, and there's a lot of interesting pieces of information in here. And I'll, I'll, there's a mention of, of Rex, our good friend Captain Rex, who was just there the day before. Uh, making a lot of uh, chat about the behavioral chip, and and um, you know you have to wonder a little bit if the chip is something that was activated by Palpatine. You wonder, at least I wondered, is, is did it have did you did, was it triggered by saying by by the the clones hearing Order sixty six, and that was what activated the whole thing, uh, or is there something else going on with the chips because. Uh, clearly, uh, a Cut was not affected when Order 66 was executed. And it's, you know, again, he wasn't on the comm channels, so the, you wonder if that was maybe part of the process. But, and something we'll explore more uh, in, in our post show wrap up, you know, if you go back to some of the earlier, older canon, that is, no longer no, no counts, uh, I wonder if some of the earlier generations of clone troopers maybe didn't have them. Now, that seems unlikely, because it seems like the Clone Wars has been pretty standardized as far as that goes. Because, obviously, Rex had the chip. He had to deal with with the, with the chip and Order uh, Order 66 being given in that final season of the Clone Wars. You know, when he, he struggled against that, and, and Ahsoka helped him come through that. So I just kind of wonder if they're going to explore that a little bit more fully. You know, they, they've done a lot of nice stuff on the Clone Wars cartoon with the chip and, and talking about it a little bit, but there's still more information we could get. And I think they're kind of setting up some stuff here. And, I mean, they're definitely setting up some stuff here. And, and like I said, we'll talk about that a little bit more fully at the end of the episode. But, you know, again, you're getting some nice nuggets here. And and I was definitely curious about it. Uh, I'm curious what you all think about it. Obviously, they're, they're pushing the Hunter as a father figure, uh, specifically to to Omega. And you know the way he's watching her and she doesn't know how to play ball, she can't play catch. she has to try and figure it out, but obviously she's a very smart kid, so she seems to be doing okay with that. And again, another piece of information comes out as cut very very bluntly asks hunter uh, like what's the deal with Omega? All
0: right, out with it.
1: What's with the girl?
0: She's a defective clone like. We are. Mm, not exactly. What do you mean? The Kaminoans don't create without a purpose. You all have one, so... What's hers? It doesn't matter. She's just a kid. Mm. Battling droids was easy compared to raising a child. <laughs> you have no idea what you're in for. We didn't have a choice. Kamino wasn't safe anymore. Well, neither is Seleucami. Rex warned us of the storm that's coming. Clone troopers have already started showing up. I'm heading into town to book us a transport off world. We can take you where you need to go. Nah, you're wanted men. It's too risky. I have to do what's best for them.
1: Alright, so now we kind of get the gist of the episode at the same time, but I'd like that beginning part of that conversation about the Kaminoans and what they're up to. Like, what what is Omega's purpose? You know, we, we talked a little bit about. You know, who is she a clone of, what and 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 why and and what's going on there? And again, that'll that'll probably be a mystery that plays out through the course of this season. But it's definitely something for us all to consider moving forward because it's going to be it's going to play a part. It it a hundred percent has to. That's just kind of like the way this stuff works, right? And again, we're going to talk about a little bit more about possibly what Omega's purpose is. On the tail end of this episode, there, I'm going to do like a little bit of an observations and speculation segment, but that'll be after the episode recap. So we kind of know what's going on there. Salukami is not safe. Rex warned Cut and his family that that the clone troopers are moving in, and it's 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 very different. And and um, you know, it's interesting to note now that this show has flipped the script on us. You know, this is the rise of the Empire. This is the beginning of of tyranny. Across the galaxy, and the characters that we rooted for during the Clone Wars are now characters we root against. And I, I refer to the Clone Troopers now, who are, you know, the beginnings of the Stormtroopers. It it's they are now enforcing the the tyrannical will of Emperor Palpatine. And so we are getting a bit of a turn uh, as far as, as as who we are supposed to be rooting for on this show. Now the Clone Wars spent a wonder, a, a wonderful amount of time exploring and developing how yes they're clones they are of the same genetic material but their experiences and and their their the things they've seen and done have all affected them very differently so they are very different personalities they are very different in the force as master yoda taught us back in season 1 um and i hope that they will continue to explore that through the lens of them now as as enforcers of the empire but thus far through the two episodes they are they are they are thugs of of intergalactic space nazis at this point um and that's a, that, that's a turn for us and i don't know if that's a calculated one uh, so that we are now kind of like emotionally removed from the clones so as we're watching our heroes in the bad batch you know just mow through them uh you you wonder if they're considering that like these at one point these were their brothers at at one point now again the bad batch is sort of the outcasts to begin with, so maybe they don't see it quite the same way uh, because they have been, you know, we saw how they were picked on and how they were viewed by other quote-unquote regs in in, in season in the first episode. So they're, they're, their point of view may be a little bit different, but I suspect at some point we're going to link back up with Rex, and, and you have to kind of wonder if he has a very different perspective on this situation than, than uh, Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch has. And so I, I look forward to that that exploration. All right, so now we transition to Cut and Hunter heading into town. Got to get some passage off-world immediately before before more clones arrive. And I, what I like about this scene is it, it can't be easy for, for Cut. I mean, and you notice, like, pay attention to the way he moves and the way he turns his head and, and pulls his hat down, you know, as clone troopers are walking past. Because, I mean, he's the man who has the face of the guy underneath that helmet. And, and you know that does come up later in the episode but it, it's, it's it's very interesting to be sort of surrounded by by people who look exactly like you and you're you, you by, to them you are considered a deserter a wanted man and you would imagine the Empire looks on that uh, much more uh, uh, badly <laughs> less favorably so than maybe the new Republic would have and again I think we're going to talk about more about that when we get to cuts debut episode on the Clone Wars coming up uh, because obviously like Rex has a struggle with that. And and again, we'll we'll talk about it on that specific episode, but I think there's a re- it's it's a really subtle thing that they do in this episode where, uh, you know, cut again like he said, he's pulling his hat down, he kind of turns his head away from the oncoming troopers so that uh, you know they don't notice him. Yeah, this is and, and Hunter, you know, again, Hunter's different enough that he doesn't seem to be doing the same things. There's enough difference in Hunter's facial features that it's not quite obvious that he's a clone because he is a defective one. Uh, but not this. Not the case for cut, and and I want to play this scene here because it talks a little bit. It's 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 cut and Hunter talking uh, about the idea of being able to lay low and and to avoid uh, detection by this new empire that they don't seem to want to do have anything to do with. Uh, and you get a little bit of that, and then it's going to go into what's going on with the uh with booking, booking passage off world because again, interesting stuff in here that I was like. My, my ears perked up when I heard a certain word, and, and you'll know what I mean in just a second, but let's go ahead and, and uh, we'll check this scene out right now. Here we go.
0: So, where will you and your family go next? I suppose find a remote piece of land on a distant planet. That's all we really need. That's the key to not being found?
1: <laughs> you want to know how to disappear?
0: Put being a soldier behind you and make a new life for yourself.
1: All right. So that's pretty good information, right? But again, this is the bad batch and I don't think we're going to watch them become farmers, you know, out in in, uh, in the outer rim anywhere, you know? That's not what this show's going to be about. They're going to get drawn into the conflict. Uh, something's going to happen. Obviously, they have to still figure out what's going on with Crosshair. Are they going to go back and try to help him? Seems like that might be the case, you know. Again, we have that mention of Rex and in the inhibitor chips and obviously Rex is up to something. So we have to explore that and talk about that a little bit. All right, let's get to the second part of the conversation. Here we go.
0: What do you want?
1: I need to book passage on the next shuttle out of here.
0: Those credits won't do you any good without a chain code. New galactic policy. My what? Uh, your
1: chain chain code.
0: Every citizen can
1: exchange their invalid currency for imperial credits thanks to the generosity of the new
0: galactic empire the war is over with With peace
1: comes opportunity and prosperity for all and there it is chain codes a word we've been hearing since the first episode of the mandalorian and now we get some much needed context for what the heck when the heck did this all come into 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 play it is a device of the Empire for tracking individuals. I mean, obviously, we've inferred all that from the Mandalorian, but now we see where it started from. Now we kind of get the the whole picture, a, a a more full picture of why chain codes were put in place and and how they're being used by the Empire. And uh, Tech talks about it a little bit later in the scene in, 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 in the episode. And I think I'm going to let that scene play out uh, when it comes up chronologically speaking. Uh, but I again, I heard this and I heard, I was like, "Oh, chain codes, huh?" Alright, cool, cool, cool. So a concept that was introduced to us in The Mandalorian comes into play right here in, in Episode 2 of The Bad Batch. And, and we see that the chain codes have been there the entire time as part of the dawn of, you know, from the dawn of the Empire, basically. So you would imagine all of our characters have a chain code attached to them. And, and I, that's another interesting facet of, of, of the Imperial control of the Imperial system. Uh, that that's in place, and I really liked hearing that. I thought it was really neat, and a, uh, an interesting way to kind of make a con- another connection to the Mandalorian, the show on which this whole podcast is based on. So when we cut back to Cut's home, <laughs> I didn't mean to do that. Sorry, but we we go back to the homestead of Cut and his family. We still see Omega playing with the kids, playing the ball. The ball goes out beyond the fence. And the kids are like, let's leave it, we'll come back for it later on. Omega, not knowing that the fence is there to protect them, protect her, um, decides that she's going to be the one to go get the ball, and attracts the attention of a Nexu, who, again, I, I'm sure you all recognized uh, the distinct look and the distinct sound of, of the of the Nexu, and, we again, we saw this in Attack of the Clones, so always a nice callback when you get some stuff from the films. And and a more uh, again I lo- I love it when that when that uh, when they connect those dots and they, they they bring things back that we know or that we're familiar with it's always fun and exciting so I like that but in between as as the Nexus begins to stalk Omega we get the conversation with with uh, with Hunter and Tech about the chain codes and I want this is what I wanted to play for y'all before before we before uh, they have to go rescue Omega so check this out this is interesting stuff here. Hmm. It appears all public transport is now restricted without chain codes,
0: which Kurt can't sign up for. they will be arrested when they discover he's a deserter. The next shuttle leaves in a few hours. Codes are no
1: codes, we need to be on it. There you go, and the cry for help is is where we we have to stop, as uh, Omega's gotten herself into a little bit of trouble, and this is where Sue gets to shine a little bit, and and Hunter as well as he. Rushes out to protect Omega from the next zoo and and Sue just starts blasting away that thing from the rooftop. It's pretty awesome, ran, uh, pretty awesome shot by her, and and a nice little scene there. And then we get, this is where we get like the strongest sort of uh, reaction from from Hunter to Omega, and the way Cut has to sort of enter, insert himself to be like sort of like the more understanding and proper father, and instead of Hunter's reaction, which is to chastise like he would a soldier, which I thought was interesting too.
0: What were you doing out there? Do you realize you could have been killed? Easy. She's not a soldier. Are you hurt? Oh, no. Let's take a look here. I'm sorry. I, I was trying to get the ball. I, I didn't know. You're safe. That's all that matters. Come on. Hey, kid. You alright? She'll
1: be fine. This is a fascinating glimpse uh, for for our characters, uh, for for Hunter in particular, uh, of what life could be like if he can put the soldiering behind him. Uh, you see that the that, uh, Cut again. They talk about it in, in Cut's episode. Like he wants something more, something better for himself, and that's why he leaves the Grand Army of the Republic. And we see the we see that the 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 way that he has completely changed. He's not he not a soldier anymore. I mean, he's very much a father. He knows how to protect his kids and his family, and that's his priority. But but, but soldiering is no longer his business, and and uh, he seems to have no regrets about that whatsoever he will help his fellow clones he will help his fellow brothers i think he still views them all as brothers in, in in one sense or another but he he has chosen a different path for himself and again you know I'm, I'm i'm going to foreshadow our episode about that but we have talked about it on our rewatch of the show the clones are a slave army this is the downward fall this is the downward spiral that the republic finds itself on without even being aware of it and and, and so that is at the heart of of the clone army And the the dilemma that the Jedi face, that they are using a slave army to fight their war. And it's a war they shouldn't even be involved in. And and again, we'll talk about that more in depth uh, uh, on that particular episode of the show. But again, the mechanizations of the dark side, the way the Jedi were completely blindsided by their own actions, uh, thinking they were defending the peace, defending the Republic when they were following the wrong path the entire time. It's all fascinating stuff, and I I love it so so much, and I like this scene again, cut showing what the the type of father that he is and the type of life he is he has assumed for himself. That's very different than the the that of his fellow clones and his 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 you know his brothers and and Hunter and Echo and Tech and even and even Wrecker seeing this, um, I I I wonder how much it will impact them. Hunter in particular as he seems to be the character who will be the sort of foster father for Omega. Interesting stuff to consider. So after this this moment with Alexu, and the next two, excuse me, uh, Hunter realizes he's not cut out for this. This isn't what he's all about. And, and so he, he wants Cut and Sue to take Omega with her. She shouldn't be with them. Uh, if, if, if she were to be with a family, it would be better for her. So uh, Hunter is essentially taking away Omega's voice and her choice, uh, her right to choose her, her own path, which, again, is sort of a uh, dangerous path to go down. And and you'd think a clone would know better as, as someone who uh, was forced to fight a war that they had no choice in. And, you, you know, again, so there's a little bit of resonance there. But uh, he doesn't realize. He thinks he's helping her. He thinks he's making the right decision for her. But he shouldn't be making the decision for her, I, I think, is what we need to kind of, like, hammer home at this point. Uh, it's also when Omega's on the ship and she's kind of still shaken by what happened, and and she removes that kind of a, a the the Camino in headband that she wears uh, when she when she was with them on Camino, and and for the first half of this episode, and and it, it's sort of like I feel like it's a symbolic move on her part, but there may be more to it than that as we sort of dive into her backstory about who she is and what she's been been bred for, and so I'm I'm very curious how that that kind of plays out. Uh, it's also at this point that we get Echo and Tech uh, planning how they're going to get those chain codes, how they're going to get Cutting His Family off the planet, and themselves up off planet at the same time. And uh, the plan basically involves uh, getting the ship taken, because all ships are being taken to a, a, an impound lot, basically. And just like the people who are being chain-coded, all the ships are being tagged, and, and, and the you know the Empire wants... wants information and 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 details on everybody it wants to know everybody's business and everything about everybody's business so their plan is to get taken so they get taken into the impound lot and then once they're in the impound lot they can infiltrate the security office and and get the blank disks they need so that they can imprint their own custom chain codes that will, will totally uh, be viable and then be authenticated when 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 when, uh, when checked so that that's sort of the plan uh and it seems to be going off without a hitch until they until uh yeah, they're being picked up and they they're unaware that Omega's on the is on the ship with them, and Hunter uh, starts to freak the hell out. <laughs> so they it's at this point Hunter and Wrecker and have to take the the family. They're gonna take them to the spaceport and hope that the, that text part of the plan will, will uh be able to be delivered on. And uh this is when you get some interesting action stuff as we hit here into the third act of our story. Uh, as they enter town, too, you will notice Wrecker bumping his head once again on, on some piping that's just above it, kind of continuing the the, the, the narrative theme of stormtroopers bumping their heads on things, you know, kind of connecting the dots to a goof from episode four. So things are happening pretty fast and furious at this point in the episode. Uh, An a entire detachment of clone troopers is coming into into the impound lot. Into the spaceport, basically, at the town Salukamai. is based. You know they're not quite on lockdown yet, but there's a ton of clone troopers there. It's going to make it really hard for for Echo and Tech to move around and get into that into uh, all the places they need to, to to deliver the chain codes to the family. So Omega takes them, and she's going to be the one to deliver them, and that gets her into a little bit of trouble too. Which uh, which Wrecker uh, comes to her aid, and then, and then he runs into a little trouble too. And I like this part of the show so much, I have to play it for y'all.
0: Where you going? Uh, show me a chain coach, citizen.
1: Sure. I got it right here.
0: Oh, right. Must be in this (laughs) hand.
1: And then that's where the trouble begins, and the the epic battle uh, begins here for the remainder of the episode. And, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I think it's a really nice uh, bit of uh, showmanship on the part of Wrecker. All right. The other part of this I need to play here is that as Omega arrives just in the nick of time to give the the chain codes to to cut into his family, uh, she's she makes the comment like, "Hey, there's five instead of four. What up with that?" And then and this is when Hunter has to tell her uh, what he's done on her behalf. And so I want to play this scene real quick because it does factor pretty heavily into the into the final uh, clip that we're going to play on the show. Here we go.
0: The extra chain code's for you. So you can leave with Cut and Sue. Why? Did... Did I do something wrong? You need a family, kid. They're good people. They'll give you the life you deserve. But... I want to stay with you. We're holding up the line. You have to go, Omega.
1: It's for your own good. And there it is. There's Hunter making the decision for Omega, which is, you know, not cool in the grand scheme of things. And, and you know, there will be uh, much to discuss about that moving forward as we sort of get into um, all the intricacies of what's coming ahead. What I... What I want to talk about... Well, it's not quite what I want to get into in these final moments just yet. uh, Because it's at this point, there's a lot of action going on. We have to kind of talk about all of that stuff, all this stuff going on. You know, Echo's trying to get the boot, the clamp, the landing, the docking clamp off of their ship. Because they have to be able to make their own escape as well. Uh, You have Wrecker engaged with the troopers... And uh, you know, eventually, Wrecker is gonna is gonna pull the clamp off apart because he, he is Wrecker and he has that kind of strength. He can just do that, and that's, that was pretty fun to watch. Uh, again, and and Hunter comes to aid his brothers as they're making their escape. And again, they're they're mowing through uh, these clone troopers. There's you know, it's a fierce battle, uh, but they are killing the other troopers. You know, it's not everyone's on sun blasts. It's like no, there's they're 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 putting uh, shots right into the chest of of their fellow clones. And, and again, it's sort of showing the, the sort of line uh, of where they are. You know, the clones are obviously on the side of the Empire and the Bad Batch is on their own side. And, and they'll be damned if anyone's going to get in their way of, of saving themselves and getting out of there. Uh, a lot of, a lot of a lot, okay, again, the action stuff is really, is really, really good on there. Um, I also like the scene where as he's about to board the shuttle with his family, Cut is almost recognized by a clone. Uh, for having the same face, like that thing he's been trying to avoid. But it was a, you know, you had to look at this clone trooper, and it was face-to-face, and he's he's paying attention. Luckily, the commotion that the Bad Batch is causing uh, it disrupts him, and he just says, like, yeah, whatever, get on the ship. Get out of here, you lousy bum. And, uh, uh, yeah. And and they're able to leave, and then our heroes, the Bad Batch, they're able to break away from the planet as well. Uh, what was interesting, I thought, was... Uh, uh, the the lack of of uh pursuit by the empire at this point um you know obviously cut and his family they're on a they're on a you know a licensed approved departure so they're fine but the bad batch just takes off and and there's no there's no sort of uh, again no pursuit by any any sort of ties and you would think this port authority would have at least a couple tough fighters at their, at their disposal to uh, sort of harangue anyone trying to de- leave without authorization or to harangue anyone attempting to land without authorization but apparently not Apparently not. so a bit of a, a lapse <laughs> in Imperial thought but let's play this, this final clip here between Hunter and Omega as, as we close out this episode
0: I know I made a mistake and I have a lot to learn But you don't have to get rid of me. I left Kamino with you. This is where I want to be. Tell you the truth, kid. I guess I've got a lot to learn, too. If this is where you want to be,
1: then this is where you'll stay. Hey, alright. And there's our episode. That's it right there. Good stuff. A, a really, a really solid episode. But there, there are some things in here that I wish they had explored uh, a little bit more fully. You know, we t- we talked a little bit about those, and th- this is this is where I'm gonna I'm gonna get my 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 observations and 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 some of my speculations out right now. Uh, so I did feel that they sort of rushed this father daughter relationship between Hunter and Omega. It didn't feel quite earned at the beginning of the episode. It feels more earned now. At the end, uh, you see that they're on that path to that relationship. Um, but I, I, the, it didn't quite level out the way I wanted it to. Um, when the episode first started, it seemed like that was what they wanted us to feel already. And it, you know, this episode picks up right where the last one left off. It's not like there's, a, you know, t- a time gap where maybe they have bonded with each other more fully. Uh, you start to see that bonding in this episode. And while I don't think the father-daughter relationship is, is is complete at this point, like I said, they put them on the right path. I just think they sort of jumped the gun a little bit. Uh, the other thing I wanted to note was I think they have to be very, very careful with what they're doing with Hunter and Omega because we just saw a father-son relationship play out on The Mandalorian. And I don't think they want to walk that path too closely. They have to differentiate their show enough from what we just saw in the mandalorian as far as that relationship that 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 you know uh parent child relationship goes you know it's a it's a great dynamic to explore and and this show will probably do a darn fine job of of exploring that but they have to work for it they have to kind of get there first they can't just uh, yank us by by the nose and get us to go on that path it 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 feels like this episode ends in the right place, but it kind of starts uh, like like it's halfway there, and I did I didn't I brushed up against that. I, that's probably the best way to put that. And again, they do have to be careful because we did just see that on on the Mandalorian, and again, we we also speculated on this podcast that that was part of the reason why there was a delay uh, in in the Obi Wan show. Is, is we felt like you know we 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 openly wondered if if maybe there was a an Obi Wan. You know, young Luke thing that was going to be echo what we were seeing in the Mandalorian. So they got to be very, very careful here with what they're doing. This is this is, you know, one of the one of the things you got to be careful of when you're when you're in a shared universe. Uh, there's a lot of great story ideas and a lot of great opportunities to explore those those fun ideas. But you got to be careful not to do, repeat yourself too often. You know, it's that's not a good thing. And again. The second thing I want to bring up, we talked about it a little bit before, but the the clone troopers now as the bad guys, they seem to be devoid of the personalities that we got to know from them. They just sort of seem like jerk, but stormtroopers, um, you know, just enforcing this this will, and they seem to have a complete autonomy to do whatever they want at this point, and that is interesting, and I hope it's something they will explore more. Again, I I mentioned it before, I'm curious if it has something to do with the inhibitor chip, if flipping that chip and activating them in that regard has sort of uh, uh, muted their personalities and now it's, it's amped up, like the way Crosshair was amped up with his chip, and now they're just super hyper loyal uh, uh, enforcers of the Empire and Palpatine's will so I'd like to see some more of that and I'm very very curious of that which goes into observation number three, what is Rex up to? He's there talking with the cut in in you know, before our heroes get there, talking about the inhibitor chip. Is Rex trying to figure out a way to save his brothers? Is there some sort of uh default shut off switch that would that would negate the inhibitor chip and allow his brothers to choose their path, to choose their own fate and their own destiny. You know, do they want to be a part of this empire? Do, were, you know, are, are any of them uh, racked with guilt for killing their Jedi generals at, in Order 66? Uh, I'm, I'm very curious if this gets uh, more explored, if this gets more fully developed, uh, because there are some lingering questions ab- about that. Like I said, I mean, is it, a, is it a, like Order 66 and boom, no personality, just diehard loyalist to the Empire? Very curious if they'll, if they'll go into that a little bit more fully uh, once we end up meeting up with, with Rex, which I definitely feel like, him being his name being invoked in this show, definitely thinks we're gonna, we're going to get there. There's a lot of Rex's story that we don't know just yet, but between uh, between Clone Wars and when we see him again in Rebels, so it would it would make some, a certain amount of sense that he's going to spend some of his time trying to help as many of his fellow clones as he can uh, escape from the the again the 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 tyranny that is the Empire. I mean. Now again, they're 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 just as they're even more so a slave army now because it, if if the inhibitor chip is suppressing their personalities and their freedoms, uh, they are even more of a, a mindless slave army than they were before, and, and and that'll be interesting to explore. And then number four again, something we've talked about since the first episode: what is Omega bred for? What is her purpose? Cut openly wonders about it in this episode. It it. It merits discussion. I, what I wondered, and I share with with you wonderful people who are listening to this podcast right now. You know, I uh, I have over the course of this show, I have evoked a lot of lore from the from the, what is called the legends, you know, continuity, the legends, what is now the the legends canon, you know, the old expanded universe that has gone away since Disney purchased the company. I sort of got struck by an idea today that evokes the old legends canon, the old legends continuity, the old legends history, and I sort of wondered if that was maybe the direction they were going to go. And so let me let me explain. I'm, I'm though I'm talking vaguely here, but hear me out. In the first episode of this show, Tarkin is evaluating the clones. They obviously want to get to a point where it is a conscripted army of, of people that they can control via whatever methods that they choose to. You know, uh, a, you know, a clone army that is bred for one sole purpose is probably no longer needed, and as Tarkin points out, also very, very expensive. So maintaining the clone army, paying the Kaminoan and cloners to, to make more generations after generation of, of clone troopers not only costly... But to the Emperor's eyes, to Tarkin's eyes, not money well spent. And I think Tarkin also f- considers the clones to be dangerous because of their, their genetic history, who they are cloned from. So Tarkin has his reservations. We are aware of that. He wants to shift to a conscripted army, to, to, to recruitment and to uh, a forced service and, and things, conscription, if you will. And, and that's great, but exactly how do you phase out a clone army? How do you get rid of a clone army? You can't just kick them out and send them out in, into the galaxy. You know, these are, these are, these are, these are men who are trained in the art of war in combat in how to, uh, kill enemies with, uh, supreme efficiency and, 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 uh, Kicking them out, sending them out into the galaxy would potentially make them enemies of the Empire right away. And I'm not discounting the accelerated aging of the clone troopers. That's definitely a factor to consider as well. But still, even with the accelerated aging, you can't just throw them out there in the galaxy and hope they don't come back to bite you in the butt, right? You got to do something about that. So, what if... Again, pulling from the lore of the old Star Wars stuff, specifically the the the, the Kathy Travis... Uh, clone books you know the, the the 501st and and you know the all the omega squad stuff um all, all of her clone mandalorian books what if omega is part of a bioweapon designed to target the genetic offspring of jango fett and basically wipe out all the clones in one fell swoop you know if omega's a clone a female clone of fett she has that genome in her already, and they could have, uh, like, weaponized her in a sense to be used against the other clones. And and again, if you're, if you're the Emperor, if you're Tarkin, you want them out. Again, you're not. Gonna, if you're Tarkin or the Emperor, you're not just gonna like dismiss these dudes and and go you know hope they go settle and start farming on Felucia somewhere or you know or anywhere else on, the, on the Wild Space or in the Outer Rim. No, no, no. Because because you don't value them as people as individuals, they are slaves. They are they were tools for your war, and that's all they are, in their eyes. So you just eliminate them, and there's no consequences there because you again they don't view them as real people. So it's there's no there's no moral or ethical quandary as far as Palpatine and Tarkin and all, you know all these other muckety mucks high up in the Empire are concerned. So I wonder if that is part of of omega's purpose that was that she was a, designed to be the vessel of their doom or she is the the person who would be the architect of their doom and, and demise and so i'm very very curious if that would be the the, the path that that uh in the precarious nature that would put them in if that were to be discovered how hunter would feel about that how wrecker and and tech and echo and all of them would feel having this person in their midst who could Potentially destroy them all. That's where I'm going with it. That's what I'm wondering if they'll do. Uh, I and I, I like that path. Bring bring back the Karen Travis stuff. I think I said Kathy Travis earlier. I apologize. It's Karen Travis. I love that aspect. the The whole uh, it, it was a you know Fett's genome came into play it was a whole thing. I won't I won't go down that road here, but I would I would sort of be I would not be surprised if that was a, the 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 material they were pulling from for that. I think that would be very interesting, very fascinating. And and what do you think? Am I am I barking up the wrong tree? Am I way off base? What do you think Omega's for? What do you think Omega's purpose is? This is the question that Cutter Cut Ants Cut asked us, asked Hunter. And we have to ask ourselves. And I think I think Omega was designed with nefarious purposes. I mean, her name's Omega. The Alpha and the Omega. Django is the Alpha. She is the Omega. She is the end of the line. That's where I'm going with that. Let me know what you think. You know where to find me. Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show. MandoVisionTom at gmail.com Thank you all so much for the love and support. I'm always continually blown away by 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 the feedback, by the uh, interest that people have in the podcast. Um, I've said it before; I will say it again. You know, Star Wars is is largely largely responsible for making me the person uh, that I am today. It's it's my favorite thing in the world. It's my favorite thing in life. I love Star Wars so so much, and and doing this podcast is is sort of the the, the realization. Of, of a dream is just to have an avenue where I can talk about Star Wars all day and it's so much fun. You know, I've been doing podcasting gosh for like six or seven years now and I just got around to doing a, a, my a, my own Star Wars show. Well, we're here now and we're doing it and it, I'm having a blast and I want to once again I want to thank all of you for listening because uh, it means the world to me that we're 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 doing this together. I'm not alone on this journey and there's a lot of us out there. and I hope you're enjoying the show as much as I'm enjoying making it. Thank you so, so very, very much. Remember, we are on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, and so many, many more. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you can take the time to give us a five-star review, I thank you in advance. They are so important to getting the word out about what we're doing here on the Mandalorian Podcast. It's the best. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert we also accept likes from people who uh, are are uh, you have life debts to people you're in blood feuds with, and uh, all your neighbors' pets. Those are also that's the big a big demographic of ours is your neighbors' pets. We have a lot of listeners uh, of the four legged variety, and we're okay with that. We are okay with that. All right, I'm getting out of here. Again, this is the Vision podcast. Nargai Tom, your friend, your host, and I can't wait to talk to you all next week on Monday. We are dropping. Another episode of Season 2 of The Clone Wars, and then we'll be back here on Friday breaking down the next episode of The Bad Batch, and I can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. This is the way.
0: This This is the way. way. This is the way. You expect me to search the galaxy for the home of this creature and deliver it to a race of enemy sorcerers?
1: This is the way.